0: From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt and this is Ask the Programmer. James, great to be back with you. And we're again joined with a guest. If you haven't uh, heard our previous episode, please do. But uh, James, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great, Steve. And uh, I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation with our guests and uh, see where we go with this one.
0: Absolutely. So if you didn't catch episode 108, uh, we welcomed Donovan Monday from West Virginia University and also uh, the chair of the HETMA Approved Program. Welcome back, Donovan.
2: Yeah, thank you. We'll try to keep this one on the rails a little bit more.
0: No, it's good <laughs> conversations. That's what this is all about. It's about building yeah. community, talking about the things that we don't get a chance to talk about. And from what I hear, people like that. So yeah. Uh, a few episodes back, uh, James and I talked about... Um, just some of the ideas of interoperability, and, and you know, in our last episode, we talked a little bit about walled gardens, and we talked about different ways that the industry is changing, and and how manufacturers are coming back to playing nicer together. And um, James brought up brought up the approved program and said we really needed to get you on to talk about it. So if you um, just want to give us a little bit of background about that that'll probably be a good way for us to kick off the conversation.
2: Sure. Absolutely. Um, a few years back, um, we, uh, started the, the first HETMA, um, kind of group. We had a steering committee that was made up of, of, uh, tw- of 10, I think there was 10 of us initially that, uh, you know, we started talking about what HETMA could be and what it, what it, uh, You know, it was born out of Joe A. and B.C. Hatchett's idea of getting something, you know, a better seat at the table for higher ed. Um, One of the very first things we talked about, and it was, I think, even in the initial conversation that I had with Joe was about the approved program. Um, So a way to take products and get them into the hands of our members and say, hey, look, this really works the way the manufacturer says it does or. You know, the way that we use this is this way. We think this is a really good fit for higher ed. And a lot of us have always, uh, you know, not, again, not knocking any of the integrators or manufacturers, but we relied on them for any new information that was out there. We relied on sales pitches. We relied on the integrators coming to us and saying, hey, well, you know, we're going to do this now. So we're moving your 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 installs this way. Um, And that worked out for most of us, but there were things that we still wanted to to do differently and educating our members in what else is out there or how we are all doing the things that we do together. Like we've always said, we all do pretty much the same job, but we all do it differently. So when we talk about an approved program, we talk about taking a product, putting it in our environment, testing to make sure that it works. And then saying, does it fit into a higher ed format? Because there are a lot of products that might be fantastic products and and you know beautifully built, but they don't really fit into a higher ed or a, a you know a classroom or a conference room or in, in, into a higher ed workflow. So this is really about um, finding and pinpointing those products for our members and being able to to say, our membership has certified this as you know for higher ed. We, we, we believe in this product.
0: So for, for some products, are there different categories and different requirements? Tell, tell us a little bit about that.
2: So we do have, you know, we have categories for displays, which include, you know, um, projectors, displays, TV, you know, any of those kind of things. We have a UCC category, which is, you know, um, cameras and Microphones and things that are tied into Zoom and team certified devices and those kind of devices. we have infrastructure devices which include cabling and uh, your your lecterns and you know mounts and all those kinds of things. Uh, we have you know video and audio categories, so we do have categories for basically everything that would cover a standard classroom build and then uh we actually don't um we asked the manufacturer what they think it's classified as and part of the approval process is that our team comes back and says yes we agree with that classification or no we actually think that this fits into this class better as far as far as higher ed goes so
0: Excellent. I, um, James, uh, let you kind of jump in on on the conversation here. Is that do you think that this is a situation of uh, where the manufacturer is going to be uh, trying to fit into a mold, or do you think that it, there's going to be able to be more pull of saying this is what we need? We want you to build it to 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 meet our needs.
1: So. I, I think what it is, it's kind of twofold. Um, as Donovan mentioned, we have the approval program. And the, the key aspect of the approval program is the product that's being approved needs to be something we can order today. It can't be something like, oh, we're thinking about making this. It's something that can be ordered today and go out. We also have a focus group that hasn't kicked off that much. It's still getting its feet going of where the manufacturers can come and say, hey, we're thinking about this, could this work? And I am starting to see that more with manufacturers instead of them coming and going, hey, we have this device, it's gonna work in higher ed to, hey, what do you guys need for us to build? I, I think they're starting to, we re- rework the conversation. So instead of going out and building something and then coming in and trying to shoehorn it into higher ed, they're coming to higher ed and go, what do you guys need? All right, let's go build it.
0: So one of the things that I've, um... Thought about quite a bit, and, and is often mistaken is that you know, the the average person doesn't realize what can be done through writing code and and what how how a product performs. And there's there's one thing to say that it can be controlled. There's another thing to say it has an API. There's another thing to say that it has a driver Certainly. or a module developed. Um, and and plus also there's. Not all of the features and functions perform the same within code. Um, Donovan, is this something that you see a direction of this program going in 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 serving uh, control and programming?
2: Absolutely, I, I do. Um,
0: one of the things that we we say when uh, like if they send
2: us a control system that needs to be approved, um, we look at that as, you know as it as it hits our desk what that version looks like. So, if there's a major revision of code, if there's something that they've done differently and they send it to us, number 1, we have to reapprove that product because that version of code can completely change how a hardware, you know, reacts or how it how it works just by changing, you know, a firmware update or a code. So, you know, those kind of things we need we are trying to keep up with as much as we possibly can. And as far as the, you know, I think when we talk about higher ed tech managers, those that make the coding more accessible are going to be more successful in this program. So yes, you know, there are going to be, you know, products that, that get approved that are that are the CTOS products that all of us use, right? That you have to go through the the whole you know, certification program. But what we're seeing now and what we're seeing from not the, the major couple of players, but these outlying companies is that they're making some real accessible programming uh, tools that are making it more accessible for tech managers to get their hands in and get dirty and do the things in themselves.
0: It's very interesting. I, I, I mean, I'm glad to hear that, and I'm glad to hear. Is it? Do you feel like this is an influence of of the program, do you, or do you feel it's inevitable? Or, I think it's been an
2: influence of of users in general. Um, I don't think the the program is still too new to have that kind of influence. I think that it will, um, and I think it's we're definitely having an influence on hardware already. We've already seen hardware changes being made because of the program, um, but as far as we haven't been able to dig into the programming side as much yet. Um, We're still building out the program, you know, the, as most of the evaluators know that that evaluation form that we get changes almost every product that we get, because we're finding out things and questions that we need to ask that are, are are being fine tuned. But um, from our standpoint, I think it is, we've been asking for this as a, as a vertical, we've been asking for accessible programming for years. And I think now people are really starting because we're, we're, we're making those changes with our checkbook, right? We're, look, we're we're not getting any answers from you. We're not getting what we need from you. We'll go somewhere else. And when you talk about, I I forget the number that Joe throws around. I think it's, you know, it's in like the 3 billion, I think is the number building yeah, or
1: like 2. Point yeah,
2: of, of what our vertical spends on AV, when you start talking about that shift and in, in money and 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 you know, we're ordering now different kinds of product. I think, I think that's going to make a, a huge impact on 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 what we need as a vertical.
0: You guys, um, in either view, um, see this as becoming more mainstream? Is it? Do you think that this is going to reach outside of of higher ed, and do you think it could be a good uh, springboard for the industry to start looking at products differently, but but also um, being more open? Because to your point, Donovan, you mentioned like you you're getting filtered information. Now this is more, it's almost like a consumer reports type of a thing where right. you're, you're getting real real world feedback and, and a proper evaluation.
1: So I, I think there's a ship happening and I, I think it's partly to do with our checkbook as Donovan mentioned. you think about, as we say in higher ed, we don't buy one of the things. We buy 200 of it Uh, because our standards and how many rooms we have and all that stuff. So people are seeing that. I know when I gone to a couple trade shows early on and someone heard I was from higher ed, they wanted nothing to do with me. Now, the last couple of infocoms I've gone to and a couple of trade shows I've gone to, they're like, you're higher ed? come talk to us. They realize that we have a lot of influence and we have a lot of knowledge that we're sharing and that we are communicating, not just with each other behind the scenes, but we are being true advocates for our users. And I don't mean to knock integrators, but we all know integrators, sometimes they get a deal from a manufacturer You know, to push their product. So they're going to be a little biased on that. Where I've sat there and told manufacturers, I've done this with programming and even hardware, is I don't have brand loyalty. My loyalty is to my university and my students. If your product can meet those needs, great. When you're not meeting those needs, I have no hesitation picking up and moving on to someone else. And I will let you know I'm doing that. Um, so it's, I think we are showing that we are a force to reckon with, and I think manufacturers are starting to uh, listen to us, and I'm hoping that that trend, to answer your question, Steve, builds out to other tech managers in the corporate and other areas who are, you know, kind of being fed a certain thing by, you know, Wall gardens. Now they can see, hey, no, we can do this as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, he said everything that that needed to be said there. I mean, uh, I will say this. Um, if you're talking about impact or you're talking about what what I see as the as the future here, my my inbox is completely filled with people trying to get an approval before Infocom. Wow. Um they've seen the first couple, you know, approved products and they've seen the impact that we've had so far. We've had uh, we've made some real changes in in how hardware is being uh, distributed and being built. We've been able to make some suggestions and they've implemented those suggestions. Um, uh, we've, uh, just in the, the, after the, the Hetma virtual conference, um, the partnership between Hudley and Stream Deck, you know, was born out of, uh, a joint program that we did with them, uh, that they are now talking to each other about building out a, a a system where they're mutually beneficial to each other. Um, so having a real impact, an industry impact. Um, I knew that it would. I would. I didn't say. I didn't think that it would be as immediate or as wide ranging as it is already. Um, I really hoped that it was going to be an impactful situation and we were going to do some good. Um, but I did not expect it to be as uh, almost immediate uh, feedback that we were getting. So,
1: And I, I think that's been the trend for HETMA from day one. And I know Joe in BC kept saying, you know, we're going to – slow-roll this. We're going to slow-roll this. We can't slow-roll anymore. We The industry is now allowing us to slow-roll it and you see what Hepma is doing. I still remember the info, first infocom I went to that um, was October 1. Hepma was there in force, and we had those special green banners and we we're walking the floor. Tim uh, Van Wert and I and we had people stop and go, Petma, what is that? And we will tell them, they're like, oh, that's great. You guys are everywhere. And I think that not only did we come in force and do that, but like, I see about, as you mentioned, I think either at the top of this episode or even the last episode, you've been a champion of Petma since day one. And many of our manufacturers and other partners have been as well. They're spreading the words. I don't know how many times I've heard a manufacturer go, "Hey, I just sent a couple of people over to Hetma for you guys," and so it's great that the industry has really put their almost hitch their wagon to Hetma into a help make changes that need to happen.
2: Yeah, we were we were asked it um, by a commercial integrator if we thought that you know what we were doing was going to hurt our relationship with our integrators and our manufacturers. And what we've actually found out is that our relationships are actually much better now because we're having more intelligent conversations. We're having more informed conversations. We are having more in-depth conversations because we have we're we're better informed and we're we're more knowledgeable about what we need as a vertical. So those relationships have gotten a lot better.
0: Agreed. I would also and argue that it's. Making everybody keeping everybody honest, if you will, and I'm not saying that anybody wasn't doing things the way they should, but but um, it's good to be able to be peer to peer, and know that that we that we have that there's a certain standard that needs to be upheld, and there's an educated person on the other end who can speak the same language.
2: And I and I will give every prop possible to 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 James about the AVIT Slack channel. And that built out because that's really where a lot of this started. Um, that was the first real kind of message board forum that I found that actually spoke the same kind of language that I did. And we've moved that same kind of thought and that same kind of uh, vibe to the Hetma back channels. And most of us post in both, honestly. You know, we post the same questions sometimes in both because there are people that are you know, on both sides or, you know, they don't see it there or they see it over here or the, uh, the conversations that we're able to have, you know, just poking each other with questions. And we didn't have that before. You know, we didn't have that even five years ago. We didn't, we didn't have that. Um, and being able to do that, you talk about some of these smaller schools and that's what I always champion Atma and what they've done and the AVIT Slack channel. A lot of these little tiny schools, like you always have the Notre Dames and the USC's and the the giant schools that have the lion's share of the attention from manufacturers, right? They, yeah, well, you know, restaurant's going to go to do 300 rooms at USC. Of course, they're going to get a huge write up and they're going to do all of the things that they do. But where I think the value for all of us is, is that these little tiny schools that have never had a voice and never had, you know, someone to ask these questions to, and they've been, you know, on their islands. Now they're part of a bigger community on both sides. And I think that that's really the big value of both of those, both of those things.
1: I, I think Donovan good, brings up a good point. And this is um, This is something I, I learned very recently, as I was going to get my keynote address at the MCUAV summit about building community. And I didn't, did not know this, onto the guy who was introducing me, said it. And he talked about Paul Revere and how, like, a lot of people wonder how he did such a good job of alerting about when the British were coming and how did he alert everyone. And what the person who introduced me said was, Paul Revere was a member of seven different guilds. He didn't need to go to every single one. He just needed to go to the key members of each guild who then spread the message. And that's why, like, yes, I'm some members are only in a member of the ABIT soccer. Some are just in HEPMA. Some are in both. Some are as the programmer community. Like, that's why I'm a member of a lot of communities because you're going to make connections and go down those threads and. That's really uh, important to get messages out and receive messages um, because not everyone's everywhere. Um, yeah, you I know, kind of went off the tangent there. Sorry.
2: No, but I think another big strength about what Hutma is doing right now is that we did, we have started a, um, you know, kind of a GitHub community where those of us that do programming and those of us that have, you know, our own programming languages out there or our own programs out there um, can post and say, look, here's the hardware I'm using. Here's my program. If you want to take this and try it, you know, or if you need to take this and then modify something here or, you know, those kind of things, you know, you want to just try what this looks like in your classroom. Here's, here's a copy of it, you know, go for it. And, being able to do those kinds of things, where we're now able to talk programming amongst our members, and somebody who's never programmed before who's never been in that can get their feet wet just by you know being part of the conversation.
0: And, and I think that's at where I wanted to go, go to wrap up this conversation is how can programmers get involved? How, how can we apply this um, either to uh, help? with either the uh, HETMA approved program or maybe how can something like the HETMA approved program benefit programmers in the future? Um, I I really believe that
2: um, it's going to come down to education, right? Um, It's going to take people like you and people like uh, the other, you know, professional programmers out there, you know, being able to make themselves available to people Ask questions and to do, you know, the for the most part that 101 training, right? That the what everybody has right across the board, everybody's 101 training again has modules in it that will never ever pertain to higher ed. And it doesn't go far enough in a 101 situation to allow you to really do, you know, a basic build out. It does to a certain extent, but they waste so much time on those modules that we don't need that if you could delve a little bit further into a, just a projector screen drop, you know, mic mutes, you know, PTZ control, you know, if you just gave us that as a one one call it higher ed 101, call it, you know, education for higher ed, whatever you want to call it, I don't care, but there are a lot of those things, if if you put that on the table and said, we've made this available to you, come to us, not only would that drive people to use your product, but it would also make everyone involved more knowledgeable to have better conversations with their integrators about the kind of programming and the kind of build that they want to have. So I, I think that's where everything needs to start.
1: And. I'll add to that, okay. I think Donovan hit a really good point there, and definitely a key point there. But to add to that, another thing I think to focus on programmers, especially third-party programmers. And I I I feel Steve, your company is not one that does this, but there are companies out there who HEPMA and have an education like. Uh, program that we are now getting are going to be weeded out. Is how many third party programming companies don't talk to the client? They only go through an integrator, they never talk to the client. And then there's issues, and you're going three, four lines to try to get the solution solved. Well, as Donovan mentioned, we are now more educated. We are understanding the product better, and those companies are going to get weeded out quickly. And are gonna, I hate to say this, are gonna come to the wayside because we're not gonna accept it in our environment anymore.
2: There are a lot of times when you're dealing with an integrator and you love the box, like you you love the boxes, you love the, the install that they do, it's clean, it's pretty, you know, the rack looks nice. You're not happy with the UI, you're not happy with the 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 programming. It doesn't function quite the way you want to. But what options have we had in the past? You know, do we go to another integrator completely and then they want to come in and rip everything out and put something new in? Right. No, I just really want somebody to say, look, here, send me your your equipment list, send me your cut sheet, and I will look at, you know, send me what you have as a as a program right now, what your UI looks like. Now I'll build you something that looks that works the way you want it to. Or we'll we'll get it as close as we can and not have to go through the whole. Because a lot for a lot of us, especially for state schools, that means putting it back out the bit again, Mm -hmm. you know, so we can't continue to do that all the time. And we've, you know, we've gotten to the point now with our, our staff, we're educated enough that you send us, you know, a classroom build, we've got it in the rack and we've got it up and running, you know, within a day or so but if we need a pro a real programming tweak if we really need something that is you know this the timing's off on the uh the the you know the projector turn on it's, it's it takes way too long for the warm up or you know the screen is dropping you know at, at the wrong time or whatever it might be you know being able to say to somebody hey can you just tweak this out for us you know or or do those kind of things that's and I know you get into intellectual property, and you get into things like that with with programming and those kind of things. But again, we get into having some sort of standardization, right? Like calling something a, a a stopper as opposed to a a timer or a you know the nomenclature on on how this is is talked about. Is has got to be standardized at some point.
0: Well, I, th- I think that what I'm hearing from most of this is we need more collaboration and probably cl- cross-collaboration. So, you know, perhaps me, there's some way, and I'll, I'll kind of throw it out there, that, that we can encourage more disciplines to get involved with HETMA or or encourage HETMA to reach out and, you know, kind of go across, across the aisle, if you will, and... And talk with other people in different roles so that we can we can get to learn from each other more because I think it only helps the industry.
2: And I, that is absolutely the direction that happens is going in. Um we have uh committee chairs that are being filled to fill those roles to start with those reaching out processes. And we're we're building those, those, that community out. We're just again, you know, if Hetma is an organization where the, you know. James being, you know, a board member and me being a chair, if, if, you know, we also have day jobs and families and everything else. So, you know, this is a volunteer organization that we do in the time that we have. So sometimes it moves very, very quickly, right? You'll get a a dump of of HETMA, and it's a bunch of stuff that we've been working on for a while, and then it's all ready to go. And then it'll be a month or two before you see something else because we're, you know, it's the beginning of class or, you know, the semester started or it's our, you know, it's over summer because we're all building, we're all on ladders building stuff. So it it just depends on on where it comes from, but absolutely those those conversations are being had.
0: So what, what I would like to say to our audience is please uh, please reach out put and put a little bit of a push on uh, you know, getting to know Donovan. And Of course, you know James, uh, if you're a frequent listener, and and uh, reach out and have more conversations. It, it, it all has to start from there, but I think that this is all very valuable, and and um, by putting our heads together, we could come up with better solutions. Um, uh, uh, probably a good place for us to wrap this one, and Donovan, it's been a pleasure, and I'm sure we'd... We'll ask you back again because there's plenty oh. more to talk about. I'll um, come back
2: anytime. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Thank you. Uh, how can people get in touch with you, learn more about what you're up to, and, of course, yeah. learn about the Hetma approved program?
2: Uh, of course, you can go to hetma.org and then scroll down to the approved program. And you can email uh, approvedprogram at Hetma.org. It um, is the email address for that program. Uh, you can find this on the socials. You can find me on all the socials. You can just search Donovan Monday and it comes up on all the social platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and then uh, as far as Hetma goes, um, if you are an AV tweep or if you've been on Twitter, you've seen Hetma posts. I'm sorry. You've seen them. Uh, they're everywhere. So uh, all you have to do is post you know, at, at Hetma and we'll see it and we'll get in touch with you. Thanks,
0: appreciate that. James, how can people get in touch with you, um, learn more about uh, your role, uh, either in your day job or at HEPMA, and, and also keep in touch?
1: So uh, first off, to add on to what Donovan just said about getting in touch with HEPMA, if you are not an AB tweet or on a social, which I don't know why you're not, but if you're not, and you will be at Infocom, HEPMA will have a 10 by 10 or 20 by 20. Booth.
2: 20 by 20, yeah.
1: Yeah, 20 by 20 booth. Come to our booth. There's going to be a lot going on there. You can see some of our approved program products at the booth. And there will be other items and happy hours and other things going on. So definitely swing by our booth. You can't miss us. Uh, look for the green, HEPMA green. And But to get a hold of me, uh, Twitter, AV underscore James King, uh, LinkedIn, James King, like, Google me. You'll find me. I'm out there somewhere.
0: Wonderful. And, uh, for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media, my company control concepts at controlconcepts.net, And I do writing for several publications and so forth. And, uh, try to be active on, uh, Twitter on, at least on Sundays for AV and AM and, and also, uh, want to get more active in the Hetma community. So uh, hopefully you'll get to see me there as well. Um, please let us know what you think of this show and and um, how this community can learn from Hetma and um, either in building our uh, bonding together, or also but also um, reaching out and and um, participating and helping uh, the efforts that Hetma is trying to pursue. Um, you can watch our uh, podcast on YouTube or listen on Apple and Google podcasts through your favorite podcast players. And uh, we'd like to hear from you. So please reach out to us. And that's what we have for today. And this has been S the Programmer.